This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. While our team of tax pros are well-versed in all things tax, our areas of expertise include rental real estate and equity compensation. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. At Capital Area Tax Consultants, we believe in pricing transparency and flat fees. Before engaging with us, you'll receive an upfront quote in black and white with a description of any services to be performed. This way, there are no hidden surprises. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, where the worlds of technology and personal finance collide. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge. Each episode aims to make you just a little bit smarter about your money, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host. Hey there, listeners. Eric with an A here. And today we're bringing you a special episode of the Tech Money Podcast. As you know, aside from hosting this podcast, Malcolm has a day job as a certified financial planner, helping clients analyze and take action on some of their most complex financial decisions. And as you can imagine, one of the most intricate of such conversations where financial planners get involved the most tends to be the one around purchasing or refinancing a home. Thus, Malcolm recently began working with a team at Fortis Mortgage as a strategic consultant, where he lends his expertise and perspective in helping borrowers with unique and sometimes challenging financial structures understand and navigate the mortgage landscape. In keeping with the ultimate goal of this show, to help close the information gap when it comes to personal finance, Malcolm will be inviting you, the listening audience, to sit in on conversations between himself and Fortis's Director of Business Development, Desiree Ragusi, where together they will discuss a particular mortgage topic, giving you some real-world examples and the perspective of the lender, underwriter, and loan originator in a series we're calling Office Hours with Desiree and Malcolm. So with that, Desiree, Malcolm, take it away. Hey folks, thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Etheridge, that's Desiree Ragusi, and this is Office Hours. And on today's episode, we're talking about non-traditional mortgages and who they're a good fit for. To get us kicked off here, I think it's important to first define what a non-traditional mortgage even is. So essentially it's defined as a mortgage that does not qualify as standard or conventional or conform to a standard amortization schedule. So that's anything like an adjustable rate mortgage or an interest-only mortgage or a balloon payment. And these loans typically have higher interest rates because they carry additional risks for the lender. Desiree, did I miss anything in there? No, that was great, Malcolm. So what's a situation or two that you can think of where it might make sense to use a non-traditional mortgage rather than a 30-year fixed, do you think? The first thing that comes to mind, Malcolm, is someone who may be um, not getting paid in, say, a traditional manner where they're an hourly or a salaried employee, Mm -hmm. maybe somebody who is a high earner, but a lot of their income is coming from commission or bonus as a majority of what they're bringing in every month or even annually. Yeah. So maybe somebody like a highly compensated physician, as an example, whose income is lumpy or you know, maybe an attorney who's a partner in a practice and they've got like a draw that comes the first 11 months through the year. And then that one big bonus that at the end of the year when the partners pay themselves out or 
Absolutely. Even somebody in sales I'm thinking about, right? Like you have absolutely who, their bonus could be more than their entire salary for the year and, and things. Yeah. Like that. And some of those might also get paid out quarterly, right? So they're mm-hmm. not, again, it's not that steady, steady stream of monthly income. So I want to go back really quickly just to make sure I bring people into where we're starting from, right? This is obviously what you do every day. So it, it's commonplace to us. But essentially, when we talk about uh, when we're talking about non-traditional mortgages, we're really talking about like your 10-1 arm, right? I'll use that as my example. And a person who's got an interest-only option on their mortgage for the first 10 years, right? That number is fixed. They know exactly what it's going to be. And every month you get to make the very bare bones minimum monthly payment that you possibly can and then apply some additional to it to the principal whenever you decide to, Right. Any other similar scenarios, like structures, I guess, to the 10-1 that you find to be sort of popular in this in this group? I think the balloon mortgage, as you mentioned in the beginning, Malcolm, is another one. Um, and, What's that? You know, Let's define that for everybody. So balloon mortgage, meaning there's going to be a 30-year fixed, but in a sense where maybe there's a certain period of time on the loan where they're going to be paying as structured, but then a large sum is going to be due at year 11 or 12, something like that. So again, that could work very well for somebody who knows that maybe the initial four or five years of uh, a new job might be Mm -hmm. lower than expected, or it may be steady, but they know that as they build up at five, six years, their income is going to drastically increase. So they're going to be able to afford that change in uh, monthly payment or that change in how they may be structured or paid at year 10, 11, or 12. So you are headed here, but I cut you off. So let's go back real quick. What's the income and credit profile look like for a person who might be a good fit for something like this and specifically the credit profile? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think notoriously, the non-traditional loans are a little bit more flexible. So I wouldn't say that there's necessarily a one credit profile that's going to fit any of these non-traditional mortgages. I think that you could even see some who have lower credit scores being Hmm. able to go in to find a non-traditional mortgage that's going to work for them. As we're talking about that, like as far as the debt to income ratio, does that change at all, even though you mentioned the credit profile, rules might be a little more liberal, but anything changing in the debt to income ratio of what the lender is looking for from the perspective of non-traditional versus 30-year fixed? Yeah, that's a good question. I think really it's going to depend on the lender. It's going to depend on the lender. It's going to depend on what type of a, a mortgage you're looking at. And, you know, because all of these loans are going to be manually underwritten, right? They're not going to go through the standard process of running through AUS. And so it's going to be up to the discretion of that underwriting department to make those calls on what they're seeing. But absolutely, to answer your question, that debt to income percent could be a little higher than normal if you're going to like say uh, versus a a conventional mortgage. And AUS, go back for a second using jargon. Yeah, sorry about that. Automated underwriting system. So that's what we use. Um, It's a system that's basically going to get fed all the profile information for the borrower. And then we're going to get a a system generated response based off algorithms and and such that's going to let us know what is going to be uh, needed in order to get that file underwritten and, and approved per, you know, whatever stipulations they put in there. So that might be 
certain amount of money in the bank account or a certain amount of money to close. Um, that could be that a, a debt is paid off in full before closing and, uh, you know, debt to income numbers and all that. If it's approved at that level, then it can't change, you know, when it's going through that underwriting process. What other underwriting requirements as, as we're talking about this, can you think of that are important for folks to know that are different when applying for a non-traditional versus 30 or fixed the way, you know, it automatically goes through an underwriting system in most cases. Yeah. I think it's the same kind of response I gave earlier, right? It's more flexible. So mm -hmm. you might have situations where you could be applying for a non-traditional mortgage and they're going to have less documents required of you. Right. But with all that said, nothing is for free. So <laughs> if you're, you know, you're going to be getting a non-traditional mortgage and you're not having to provide as many documents versus say a traditional conventional, you're going to have to pay for that somewhere, right? So let's stay there for a second though. Are we talking a quicker close, a shorter close? Great question. I would say, again, probably going to depend on the lender and their underwriting department. I think that you can see that those non-traditional mortgages close uh, faster than, say, a traditional conventional FHA or VA loan. And as a rule of thumb, is my loan-to-value requirement, I was about to jargon myself, is my, my <laughs> traditional LTV requirement different than non-traditional, or, or is it about the same? Again, I think it depends on the loan. So if you're going to go in, there's some investor loans that could be fall into that non-traditional. There could be jumbos. There could be um, other formats and uh, that those could fall under that may give you uh, opportunity for a higher loan to value mm -hmm. in some of those. And then some may just be the at the same level that we would see anywhere else. So what I'm getting from you is that there are no rules of thumb. I can't kind of box it into <laughs> one, is, one is better than, than the other. It's really just a different way of solving the same equation. Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair. Yes. Okay. We talked about though who these types of mortgages are a good fit for, right? And, and some of the income profiles of people they are a good fit for. Who are they not a good fit for? Gosh, I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is obviously somebody who is not going to be able to handle a drastic change in payment to your 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 principal um, and interest, right? Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. you go in with an adjustable rate mortgage and you're great at your, you know, gets to your five, you're good, but then you have a huge increase in that monthly payment. If you don't think that you're going to be able to handle that and you're income's not going to change and you're going to stay pretty steady. Uh, that could be a huge shock to yeah. uh, a home, a homeowner. And so I think maybe really thinking about the worst case scenario in those situations, when you sure. do go to apply for that loan, making sure that you are able to, to handle those adjustments is, is absolutely critical. Yeah. I, I, if I may, and you'll tell me if I'm wrong about this, but from a strictly from a financial planning perspective, I think it makes the most sense to think about this as a temporary situation mm -hmm. where maybe you're planning to move in four or five years, right? So you yeah. lock in the rate for 10, you know, you plan to be out of the house in five and you've got five years of buffer for whatever happens to happen and still have a chance to correct, right? Or we got into it with the expectation we'd have the house for five years, we ended up finding out we need to stay here longer. Now it's time to refinance into something a little more 
permanent, a little more structured. Um, that's usually the way that I tend to position it to folks. Is that you're nodding your head, so I'm assuming I'm saying this right. You <laughs> so, are, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think okay. it's a great example. It would be an example that I would give you, have given you as well. Um, so if it is a, it is a short-term purchase plan, mm -hmm. then something like this might absolutely work. Well, uh, to that end, can you share a couple of success stories? You know, where you've seen someone approached you, maybe they were thinking they wanted to go with a 30 year fixed, even, you know, you help educate them on how a non-traditional loan might be a better fit and maybe it worked out a little bit better for them financially. Yeah. And it really, it goes back to the example we just talked about. And that is somebody who came in, they were basically on a contract basis mm -hmm. to stay in a certain area. And we knew it was only going to be a three-year contract. So as you can imagine, if you're going in to purchase a home, you know you're only going to be in it for three years, mm -hmm. but this particular individual didn't want to rent. Um, they didn't want to go back into some sort of like, you know, temporary apartment living or something where they could rent a home and then that person decide that they want to sell the house and then they'd have to be out. So it still gives stability and structure. Um, you're still kind of paying into something that is your own, right? And so, yes, the, the, that example is the exact scenario I would have given you. And it really does, in those situations, can be a really fantastic option for somebody. Um, so definitely, if you're that somebody, if you're listening and that's you, definitely talk to a mortgage professional and leave yourself some time to plan, really talk it through where are interest rates at during this, you know, where are you moving? All of those things are going to take into account. And so just make sure that you plan. That's the, if that is one thing I can leave with everyone is leave yourself enough time, talk through these scenarios, make sure that you're educated on every mortgage there is out there that could be a good fit for you. And that way you make the most educated decision going into that home purchase. And to a point that you were making before, if you're a person that the idea of uh, variability scares the crap out of you, right, <laughs> then go the traditional route, you know, it might cost you a little bit more in the long run, but at least you know that you're paying for your security and you're paying for your peace of mind. And if that is more important to you than saving a few dollars to be strategic, then just, you know, know that too, right? It, it's all about you having the ability to sleep well at night, not be up worried about what if scenarios of what if so-and-so happens and now I have this mortgage payment that that has moved on me or, or whatever. So, yeah, and absolutely. And I think I said it earlier too, when I was making mention of the fact that like nothing is free, it's, you know, some of those non-traditional mortgages will be a higher interest rate that's going to come along with them. Because if you do have an opportunity where you're able to go through a manual underwriting process and you don't have to give as much documents, that could just mean higher risk for the lender. So mm -hmm. keep all of that in mind. Again, it's just having the discussion, seeing what's out there, what's available to you um, so you can make an educated decision. But to that end really quickly, if I'm, if I'm considering an interest-only mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. Versus a traditional mortgage that has principal and interest built in in every single payment. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm paying an interest rate that's higher on the non-traditional loan that's interest only versus the 30-year fixed, the payment itself would still be significantly lower. It's just that more of each monthly payment is going toward interest every month versus if I were to do the 30-year fixed. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're, okay. it's, it's really is 
that simple. You're, if it's an interest only payment, it's, you're only paying your interest down. Yeah. So just remember though, too, you will not have as much equity into the home at the end of the day. So that's also something to consider. So if things do change and, you know, say the market isn't where, you know, it, you thought it was going to be in two, mm-hmm. three or four years, and you do end up needing to sell, you could come out even, or you could even have to pay money to sell your home. So keep that in mind too, when taking those considerations. Awesome. Well, I think we got plenty of good info in there on non-traditional mortgage. Uh, that is going to wrap up office hours this episode, at least for us here. Uh, thanks, Desiree, for the, the, the education. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, to review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge, with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening. The information shared in this recording and by its guests represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not represent the views or opinions of the host. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. It is always recommended that you seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your personal financial situation. This episode of the Tech Money Podcast is sponsored by Capital Area Tax Consultants. Capital Area Tax Consultants is a virtual tax and accounting firm that specializes in helping high net worth individuals navigate the complexities of the tax code. With our comprehensive tax planning services, our one goal is to help clients maximize savings and minimize their tax liability each year. Our team of certified public accountants and enrolled agents is well-versed in the latest tax laws, ensuring that you capitalize on every opportunity for strategic tax optimization. We anticipate changes and keep you up to date on opportunities to potentially reduce your tax bill in the future. With a focus on precision and strategic planning, we are your trusted partner both during tax season and throughout the year. So don't wait. Reach out to us today to experience a better approach to taxes at www.capgllc.com. Again, that web address is www.capgllc.com. Um...